Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Intelligence Podcast, possibly an emergency podcast. Here, as always, with Corey Stewart and H.J. Manor. Good morning, H.J. Oh, good morning. I thought we were just going to be talking about uh, Trent Grisham, uh, <laughs> Eric's drug addiction, Wayne Partello's terrible history with this team the fun stuff you know the normal stuff yeah Yeah. right the things our listeners have come to be accustomed to with this show but uh we were gifted with something a content miracle this morning much like when jerickson profile was signed two weeks ago uh just a miracle Uh, christmas has come early for us it really has this is this is a a, quite a bombshell yes an ac an ac bomb ac bomb look at kevin doing work like, like talking to people and stuff? I, mean, I don't know. He'd be doing his job, I guess. I, yeah. <laughs> Congrats, Kevin. All right. You, do, do you want to read the headline? I noticed this has taken over uh, I, I, this morning. Uh, Braden Suprenant of the Coach Show, uh, also from the podcast Spurtability, uh, I noticed had has the morning show because the, the gang is on vacation. Yes. He literally just spent an entire segment reading the article out loud. And then going through a call. Yeah. And then taking yeah. calls. Yeah. Uh, as Padres season spirals, questions emerge about culture, cohesion, and chemistry. Are they talking about, uh, let's say 25 other people on the team, or, or did Kevin focus on one single player that? <laughs> I believe he focused on pretty much one single player. I like, there's, there's a great line in here, uh, where he says, I just lost it. Where did it Oh my God, where's it at? Uh, oh, to be clear. This is not a story about Machado being the problem with the Padres. It is not even as simple as Machado being a problem. And then he goes on to talk about how Manny Machado is a huge problem. For the next 3,000 <laughs> 3, words in the article. <laughs> yes, exactly. <clears throat> and then even after the intro, he has in block letters to separate out the article, the Manny. Yeah. Who's ever referred to him as the Manny? I have no idea. I've never it's, heard that it's before. It's like... <laughs> Never I, I, don't, I don't get it. I guess it's supposed to, the man. I, I guess I, I don't know. I mean, as as you would come to expect with a Kevin AC written product, there there are some unintelligible paragraphs in here, just <laughs> ridiculously written, and possibly not in the English language. But but let's get to what his thesis is on this. This entire however many words for three thousand word article comes down to Kevin AC blaming Manny Machado for failures in the clubhouse and on the field as a result of the failures of, of culture and, and, and Kevin has basically put it all at Manny's feet. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, and, and this has been building. If, if you read Kevin AC's newsletter, he always throws in jabs at, at Manny Machado and, and you could tell that he's been building towards this thesis for months, maybe going back to, I, I don't know, maybe even longer and I didn't notice it, but at least this year. Yeah. He's been building to this, I think. Um, and so here's finally his, his magnum opus, right? His, uh, his big product of, of blaming. Um, what were your initial thoughts after reading? Well, I mean, there, there's some really good nuggets in here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I mean, the way he starts off the article when he's talking about how, you know, the, the, the he's talking about this series at Petco Park, uh, in August, uh, the one against the Dodgers yeah. and that the, you know, these guys have a voluntary infield workout, and there's nobody out there, basically. Um, there's 
Well, surely the Dodgers were the same. There's right? a handful of players, none of them starters, on the field for this. And then the Dodgers come out, and every fucking Dodger is on the field doing this voluntary workout, including the, the extremely highly paid stars. Betts, Freeman, the whole, all of them are out. Yeah. He says everyone. And that's troubling. Troubling. I mean, look, we've we've said it before. Like, we're not big fans of eyewash. No. Uh, and to me, it's not, you know, I think we were generally on Will Myers' – most fans, I think, were on Will Myers' side with the whole uh, relay drills in September yeah, thing. September, dude. But sometimes it's not about the drill itself. It's like an organizational philosophy of, I don't know, improvement, constant improvement. I, I don't know what the, the mission statement is for the Dodgers internally, right? Yeah, the, the, we're, all, we're all out here together and like, – just because I'm a starter and you're a, a bench yeah. guy, that doesn't mean that you need the work and I don't because I'm better than you. Or yeah, it just right. it, it's a everybody together kind of a thing. Everyone's on the team, yeah. Right, we're all right. teammates. Yes, we're one team pulling pulling in the same direction. Right, one team, one heart. Right. Think of every terrible corporate mission statement. Like that's what they're <laughs> yeah. all built towards. Yes, is right. trying to get all their employees pulling in the same direction. Yes, it sounds like the Dodgers have that. Right, uh, and, and and this is the obviously the first time that we yeah. but we've heard this. I mean, we keep hearing these things about how they treat each other. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and, like and, and again, it's not about the drill. No, right? No, it, it, the the uh, ground ball drill isn't doing Manny Machado any good. It's not doing Xander Bogarts any good. Right? Right. They they can they can do that with their eyes closed. Kids, yes. all of them. Yeah, it's more about something bigger. I I don't know what it is, but it's not there. Is what well, I'm gathering. Yeah. Yeah, when you look out there and you see that it's just Matthew Batten and <laughs> you know, like those types of guys, that's right. that's fucked up. And and also, and, and it says a lot to the. I think it says a lot to the coaching staff too. Sure. When it's like, okay, hey, we're doing a voluntary workout, and the coach is out there, and he's taking time, and he looks out, and it's like eight guys or yeah. or, or whatever. That's well. It it's obviously causing issues because in in the AC article, the players that were on the field were upset, right? They, yeah. they, they felt like, um, I, I think AC says, "quote that it was under their skin." In this case, right. that that the stars and most of the other players were not out there. Um, it's yeah, and that's just the intro to this. <laughs> Let, let's move on. <laughs> that's literally the beginning of it. Yeah. Um, It's a very long article. It, it, it really is. Corey's I mean, come prepared. Yeah. He's actually physically printed out yeah. the article and added <laughs> notations to, to the paper. They, there's uh, I, some of the quotes from Manny are are tough to read. He's yeah. not great. Not great. At, 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 Wait, at, was it at, was at it this. was it not good for uh, the man with a three hundred million dollar contract to say that the price of eggs going up was a reason that he needed another uh, hundred and fifty million dollars paid to him? Was that not good PR? Uh, he's just he's not great at this kind of shit. I like I, I one of the things that I had uh, I had circled here was the he says quote I think everybody is a leader Machado said I think we have twenty six leaders. I don't think necessarily one person has to take the lead role. I think baseball is a team sport. It takes everyone. Okay, well, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> Matt Batten standing up in the clubhouse and being like, "Manny, you got to try you got to be out there for for workouts in the, before the game." Right, yeah. 
Sullivan. Yeah, Sullivan yeah. stands up. Manny, what like, the fuck is wrong with you, man? Yeah. <laughs> We're out here working. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Instead of pitching your fucking underwear, you need to get your ass on the field. Yeah. Can you imagine? Eggy Rosario stands up and is like, hey, Musgrove, uh, you're supposed to be traveling with the team, not hanging out in Point Loma at the bar, drinking a beer on Sunset Cliffs. <laughs> the best part about being a pitcher is not the off days, asshole. <laughs> get on the field. I, I'm sure Musgrove would be like, you know, Eggy, that's a, that's a valid point. <laughs> Manny's like, uh, you know, Matt Batten, uh, you've got a lot of sway in this clubhouse, and, and I have to respect what you're saying. I'm, I'm sure that's how it works. It's just like the United States of America. I'm sure there's 330 million leaders in this country. We don't need the one. We don't. What's the point of having one? Oh, so. But, but that statement is directly to abdicate himself. If you read into it, it's to abdicate, him, abdicate himself as being the leader of the team. That's the only reason you say something like that. Yeah, and, and then he's and then uh, you know Kevin uh, Kevin pressed a little bit on it and said that you know there's a uniform agreement among several teammates that you are the dominant presence in the clubhouse. And Manny said that's fair. Well, and it was backed up later in the article in that, uh, unbeknownst to us, the team has had eight to nine team <laughs> meetings with a mix of coaches, players. It said AC put it in a weird way, but possibly front office staff. Eight um, to nine. We know of three or four, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and it does say that Manny is the dominant voice in those meetings. But it goes on to say that despite being a dominant voice doing a bunch of rah-rah and like, hey, we're going to batten down the hatches here and uh, we're going to hit the field early tomorrow. Uh, he was also the one who didn't follow through with any of the suggestions that he made. Right. Uh, Kevin implies that he's late. I mean... The issues brought up were things like timeliness, uh, showing up to things, not being late. And then Kevin then implies that Manny did the opposite on all of those things, implying he's late to things, doesn't show up to things. Does exactly uh, the opposite of what the quote-unquote leader of the team, Manny Machado, has been doing. Yes. And we've heard heard stories about uh, Soto in the past about being late for buses and things like that to piss people off. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's in all of them. It felt like agreement had been reached and plans had been laid out to get the team back, back on a path of cohesion. Uh, according to multiple sources, Machado was among the primary speakers in virtually all of them. And then over the ensuing days, he was among those who did not follow through on action plans. And he fought back on that and said, I follow through on everything I say. Yeah. He also, you know, at the end, he says, um, I think ultimately there are a lot of guys that lead here. Uh, and then, but then goes on to say, um, I think we didn't this year. That falls on us. That falls on me for not performing how I'm supposed to perform and the capabilities I'm supposed to be performing at. Implying not the leadership being the problem in his mind, just his performance on the field, right? Right. He's, it's another statement where he says there all these other guys should be leading. I just have to hit. It's like abdicating abdicating that responsibility again as, as being a leader for the team. And and the thing about that is not every player is built to be a leader, right? We've already seen AJ fail at this before when he extended Will Myers and assigned the leader of the team role to him, which Will was ill-equipped, uh unwilling just not good at being a leader of the clubhouse. It's not in his nature, yeah, right? Right. But so they tried to make him that. And it, it failed. It doesn't work. Right. You can't do that. Yeah. 
if you could send him to some leadership classes, I guess, but I don't think it's going to turn around Will Myers. No. Uh, it seems like the same thing happened here. And, and just, you can say he doesn't have the personality for it, but the way that he's been treated in both the amount of his contract that he's been given, the urgency that was given to an immediate extension, uh, it's basically, impl- and, and at the time of the extension, there was a lot of talk about what a leader Manny Machado was of the team. There's no avoiding that that responsibility is on Manny, given his position within the team, right? Right. And maybe that's not on Manny. Maybe that's on leadership. For for the point of management is to put people where they can succeed, right? Well, I, one of the things that, that really popped out for me on it was the when he, he, they talked about that Manny was the guy who was relaying messages from up above and that they weren't going through Bob, they'd go through Manny and Manny would be the one to filter it out, verbalize those to the team, which is, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, you know, when they're talking about, well, uh, they mentioned, well, you know, uh, he mentions at some point about, you know, why aren't other players, you know, uh, calling Manny out for not following up on and, and, and like uh, some of the sources. He talked to like 30 different people about this. Right. Yeah. No one else put their name to it. Yeah. No one put but their name on they? it. Yeah. But you're, right. Exactly. And so and when he brought that up, he was like, they looked at him. He said, I think they, they looked at him like he had six heads. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, to ask a Padres player why no one would confront, no one could confront Machado on these matters is to be looked at as if you have six heads. So they, the, the players know that there are, Two bosses of the San Diego Padres. Yeah. And it's AJ Preller and Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. And Manny is, is getting messages from AJ and, and he's pushing them through and going around the manager. Okay. Which, why would you respect the manager? Right. And, and we have a, a manager you should respect. Obviously. And, and, and it's yet another example also of, of that Melvin and, and AJ don't do not get along. Don't get along. Right. Yeah. Much like every other manager that's been here under AJ. Yes. Yeah. And so if he's going just straight to Manny and Manny's going to the players, that is a, that's a, that's a huge problem. And of course they're not going to push back because they know Manny has AJ's ear and, and he can go back and say, Hey, you know, if so and so's doing this or so and so's doing that. I, yeah. You go back to the original example of, of, of the reserves, a few reserves being on the field before the game, uh, while the Dodgers entire team was out. It goes back to what you said before. Like, what's Matt Batten supposed to say? Yeah. Hey, Manny. Like, where are you? Like, we're out. We're out here. Yeah. Where, where are you? Where, where were you? Yeah. We just did a team meeting a couple of days ago. Yeah. And you, you said you told us that we should be out here early. And here we are. But you and Bogarts and uh, and what, the whole starting lineup right. is not out there. Where, how was it a joke? Yeah. Like, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe we should have another team meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Batten's like, uh, is this like the time in high school where everyone told me it was dress-up day at school, and then I was the only one that came dressed as a cowboy, and everyone was in normal clothes? Was it that again? It, it, it's this is not good. No, and it's and and I don't know if it was designed to drop all of the all of it on Manny, but to me, it just it. Further, of course, it was to take it was to take the pressure off the front office and put it onto Manny. But honestly, it just makes them look worse. Well, it depends on how you look at this because I, I didn't get a chance to listen to the glorious calls into the Braden Supranet morning show on ninety seven three The Fan. But I, I'm going to guess most of the calls came from East County 
places like Poway and El Cajon and Lakeside that were like, this is what we've been saying about Manny. He's a me guy, me first guy. And there's not going to be talk about the fact that AJ created this organization lacking in philosophy, lacking in direction, lacking in culture. And and for some reason, I think a lot of fans think that the, the culture of the team is created only in the clubhouse and that it relies on guys liking each other and, and, and getting along and going to dinners. Culture is usually set at the highest levels. It, it, that's why CEOs are the ones who write that's write mission statements and write write organizational philosophies, because you have those philosophies, and then everything driving down is to fulfill that mission statement and to fulfill those philosophies. From what I'm hearing, that's not here. And so, if in fact it's left as a vacuum where the players are expected to create the culture, I, I guess we're seeing what happens when you have a bunch of guys that are super rich with no motivation to do better because they've already been paid this is the culture you get right yeah the alternative is you have a strong organization with good managers at the top that drive those ideas down you know down the org charts that's the normal course of things that's the well-studied best way to do organizational behavior and we don't have that here yeah like the again the dodgers mookie's got his money freddie's got his money right and they're still out there because there's a, because Friedman has set expectations, yeah. culture driving towards a single goal, right? And, so, and we, so where's the problem? The problem's at the top. At it's the always top. at the top. There has to be a change. Failures of like employees are are, are a reflection of failures at the top, right? In, in a company, that's how it works, you know. And, and ultimately, the people accountable are the people at the top of the chart. Except here, except in San Diego. We let them off the hook, and then we find other people to blame. Yeah, oh. it was. A, it's a tough read, man. It, it is. Yeah, a- and honestly, I don't. I don't necessarily see it as a. Yeah, well, it's a hit piece on Manny. Let's be honest. It's it's an AC hit piece, a yeah. character assassination on Manny. To me, it's not. Manny's failings are not necessarily what I'm concerned with. Manny's failings look a lot worse. This kind of goes back to what we talked about last week about Tatis. Uh, Tatis can be a dickhead all he wants, as long as he's putting up six or seven war every year. Yeah. Uh, Manny's probably a dickhead. You know, everything we've seen says he's probably a dickhead. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy I probably wouldn't enjoy hanging out with that much. Well, I did say he would come to dinner, but that was mostly to regale us with stories, not to not to engage in conversation about any intellectual topic. Right. Uh, he's probably a dick, okay? He's a jerk-off. But we were willing to look past that when he puts up an MVP type season like last year, right? Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> okay. But when he puts out a three or four war season, uh, mostly defense, and he's hitting like Will Myers again, uh, uh, the leash gets a little shorter, right? Much shorter. Our tolerance as fans gets a lot less. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of the result we're seeing here, a lot of the frustrations yeah. we're seeing. But I hope people don't lose sight of what the real problem is, which is an, at the organizational level. It's, it's not necessarily at Manny. You know, at the organizational level, they've decided to, to, as a philosophy, pay everyone up front. Jake Cronenworth. Jake Cronenworth could be hungry still, you know, still seeking out that big contract. But AJ made an organizational decision to reward him early and take away that motivation. He's also made the decision to put almost an entire lineup full of highly paid free agents or, or extensions, whatever you want to, Big contracts, right? Yeah. Together. Big egos also. Because 
I, I know you don't want to believe it, but like when you get paid $300 million, you, you get a big ego. Like <laughs> you've told yourself that I deserve $300 million and someone agreed with that. If you don't think that affects someone's ego, you're naive. Yeah. You're making $35,000 a year. It's not, it's a completely different world that, that some of these players live in. Right. <laughs> I mean, with Manny, it's, it was signing the huge deal and then five years in saying, Oh yeah, I'm definitely opting out. And then them immediately jumping and going, Oh, here's your, here's your extension. Right. Sir. Here's your above market extension because I'm going to tell you no one would have given him an 11 year extension at that point. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this is like negotiation stuff. But like once again, we negotiated against ourselves like we did with the Bogarts deal. And, and just vastly overpaid, but that's we, we did that with Hosmer. I mean, like we're, right. we're very we've done it good. over and over. We're, we're very, very good, good at, at paying yeah. thirty three percent higher on Ian everything. Kinsler, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, there's a the, the list goes on yeah. and on. Yeah, yeah. yeah him just g- negotiating against himself. Yeah, Manny's yeah. complaining that eggs are a dollar thirty three more expensive for a dozen, <laughs> and meanwhile, the team is just handing out hundreds of millions of dollars in premiums. Right. Uh, so. But that's out. That's that's just normal. <laughs> that's just normal level AJ incompetence. We're yeah. we're used to that. We've had nine years of that. Now. We know all about that. But to bring together all of these players is is a decision by the organization, right? Yes. It was a decision by the organization to put Bob Melvin in charge of them. You can bash Bob Melvin all you want, and you can say he's losing control of the clubhouse. But there's someone who hired him, who's his manager, right? Right. Uh, and. Like I said, failures come from the top. There are failures at the employee level, but they reflect poorly on the people at the top. And it, it would be wrong to compartmentalize all of these failures uh, onto Bob Melvin, I think. Like, it's much bigger than that. Well, I mean, when the the president of baseball operations and the GM is going around that veteran manager that you went and hired to bring a culture or whatever – and he's going around him and yeah. going to his star player to deliver messages. That's a huge issue. Right. And, and it's not just the manager because this happened in, in 2019 when Tingler was here, a different manager. <laughs> yes. Manny was at the forefront of that rebellion with Eric Hosmer. He was the one going to AC, defending Eric Hosmer repeatedly, saying how important he was to the team and how terrible it was that the team tried to get rid of him. Yeah. It was Manny on the mic many of the times. Yes. Different manager. Different, I guess, organizational structure at that time. Same problems. It, like we we've gone over this over and over, but over the nine years, there seems to be one common component to all of the failures of this team, and it's not at the manager level because we're now on like our fourth manager. Yeah. Oh, that's, which can we can jump to that that quote from the the Verducci article. Yes, Which, yeah, there was a Tom Verducci yeah. article on, on sportsillustrated.com yeah. this, yeah. this week. And the title of it was, The 2023 Padres Are an Epic Failure. <laughs> and it should <laughs> be noted, I saw a lot of people, I think Elston wrote it off and, and was like, you know, it's just the same stuff we've seen before. A, there's a few nuggets that are new, but this, uh, this article is not for the Padres fan audience. This is like a national level thing to the rest of the country that doesn't watch Padres games, barely knows the Padres exist still. And are going to be wowed by some of these stats. Yeah, right. Um, the I mean, he just he kind of he goes through and and, and just hits the their, their major league baseball hitting ranks. Uh, late and close thirtieth, high leverage thirtieth, 
opposite field, 30th, called strikes, 30th, opposite field hits, 29th. I mean, there, it's just, these are things that we knew before, yeah. but it's just brutal to hear them in succession and, and to see all of them. Right, but, and those are isolated to this season. The exactly, season that yeah. will get cast by Seidler and by AJ as a fluke. That right. you know, you already know their defense of this year. Oh, and we hear it in the AC article with Manny saying, well, I, we just didn't perform, you know, what we sh- how we should have. Yeah. And so, if, which means if we do, then we're fine. But that's, no. Right. <laughs> so it, in the Verducci article, AJ Preller is the only GM in baseball who has changed hitting coaches seven times since 2015. And over those nine years, the Padres have been last in the majors in hits, last in batting average, and last in on-base percentage. Huh. So it's not just this year? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Huh. It's weird. What's the one common tie between 2015 and now? It's hard hmm. to say. Hmm. How many of those seven batting coaches can you uh, name? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Burdar. Right? Bur- okay. Burdar. I forget his name. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any hitting coaches this year. We only have hitting coordinators. Do yeah, they count? Offensive coordinators or something like that? Whatever the, yeah. I couldn't, I don't think I could name them this year. I forget their it's, names. Uh, who's before Burdar? D- does this include Merv Rentman? Yeah. Has he been here? <laughs> Has he? I, don't, I can't remember. I, oh, Scott Coolbaugh? Wasn't he? Well, oh, Scott Coolbaugh. He was one, right? Forget him. Yeah. He, is he current? He's a current one, I think right? he might still be. I, I think he's one of the hitting it's, coordinators it's, this year. Who else is there? How many fucking... Alonzo Spellman? Does that sound right? I think there was an Alonzo something. God, we are the worst organization. It's weird, though, because Seidler said that he loves stability. He loves stability. Huh. And we've had seven batting coaches. Seven batting coaches. Since it's weird that no matter who the batting coach is, we're still last in those categories over the entire nine years or whatever. Dead fucking last. I mean, we're talking the, 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 think about how bad the Pirates have been over the last nine years. Think, yeah. like, think about hitting. Like, yeah. Ugh. How many teams have been t- the Marlins? Like, uh, terrible offensive teams with, with no-name players on their team were last. We're last. Uh, but it couldn't be AJ's fault. No. Certainly not an organizational problem. Of course not. That certainly doesn't mean there's some kind of systemic issue here, right? It's no. just bad luck. Just bad luck. Yeah. We, we just got to perform better. We just got to <laughs> perform better. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the Manny thing, look, we're stuck with him another 11 years, so... Uh, it kind of is what it is, right? Yeah. So, so it, it begs the question: What do we do here? Uh, I noticed on Padres Twitter that it, a lot of reaction is, uh, "Well, we got to get rid of Melvin. Melvin's the problem here." Uh, and they're like, "We'll just hire Mike Schilt, promote him." Um, would that do anything? From from your reading of the article, they're they're like, "We need a tough. We need a tough." Uh, a tough manager to take control of the clubhouse. From what you re- read in that article. What do you think, Manny? How do you think he would react when Mike Schilt, uh, this guy who was fired unceremoniously by the Cardinals, gets in his face, yells at him? Because Mike Schilt is a yeller. Benches him. Uh, benches him. Um, yells at him for not doing pregame workouts. And then in September has him doing relay drills. How, how, how do you think Manny is going to take that? Is it going to be a happy, positive uh, high-performing Manny. Oh, I better put my nose to or, the grindstone. Yeah. Do you do you do you see from this article that Manny's going to uh, uh, change his entire personality and, and work ethic? That he has already told himself 
this works. This got me $500 million from this team. Career earnings of $600 plus million. Why would I listen to Mike Schilt, who couldn't even get a manager's job after being after taking the Cardinals to the playoffs? Do we really think that he's going to respond well to that? But when he knows that Mike Schilt's boss is AJ Preller, right? And and AJ and him have a direct communication. And for now, for now, yeah. it's it's good to remember that literally every single manager that AJ has hired has wound up being mortal enemies with him by the time they leave. Where <laughs> yes. Jace Tingler, his former best friend, doesn't speak to him anymore. Uh, so I'm sure that relationship will stay healthy and productive going forward. Uh, oh, wait, we could hire Ryan Flaherty, right? That's Manny's guy. So we can double down on, on Manny and have his, uh, his personal choice for manager, Ryan Flaherty, take over. Would that be positive for, for what we're seeing here? Oh. It's just, we can do these small changes at the bottom of the org chart, but the problems are at the top and they're going to stay at the top until the top changes. And, and that, bleeds down to all parts of the organization. Right. All, and that drops all the way down to rookie ball. AJ's done things, right? He, he switched up some pitching coordinators in the minors. He's uh, switched managers. He's changed batting coaches. He's he's tried to make these changes down below him, and no, none of them are working. They're not changing anything. Nothing's working. Like... I keep hearing – like, the, the Padres are opening this – um some mechanics – biomechanics lab. It's like a joint venture with Point Loma Nazarene University. Yeah. It, it's just a bunch of cameras, and they're making the players put those – you know, the, the motion capture balls on them. It's to try to – from what I understand, reading – I read an article on it yesterday, a sports business journal. It, it was talking about how this is to prevent injuries in the pitching staff. And, and it's a big priority for Ruben Niebla. But the problem is – as we've talked about on here before, we can hire as many analysts and we can do all of these cutting edge biomechanics things, but AJ ends up just disregarding them. That's, that's the narrative around him from people that have worked for him before. Analytics and biomechanics are there to support the decisions that AJ has already made in his head, right? So this idea that, okay, well, they're finally figuring things out with this. Look, they're adopting biomechanics in their in their stuff. Yeah, they're adopting it if it supports what AJ's already doing. It's not u- being used as a decision making device for him. But from everything I've it, heard, and that's though, an organizational issue. Yeah, is it? But they're not spending the money on that that type of equipment down below, though. Sure, it like at like a double A and, and and things like that. They're not putting because in the he's money. a scout. He just watches things with his eyes, and that's what he trusts. Yeah, right. The, the whole biomechanics thing is like a verification thing for him. Yeah. He's already decided it. He's seen it with his eyes. He he sees, uh, who knows? Like it just, I'm sure he watches Snelling in Double A, and he's like, you know, I, I like this arm slot. That's based on his eyes, and then he can go to the biomechanics, I guess, and be like, well, uh, I guess this supports what I already thought. Like, yeah. like that's what he wants. It's it's all groupthink, and that's that's an organizational philosophy. It. it it could work, right? To be scouting ba- scouting based, but could uh, the other successful teams don't seem to be doing that. No. And well, <laughs> we're, how many how many seasons over 500 have we had in his tenure? One. One. No games over ni- none over 90. Well, one thing I thought was hilarious, the Red Sox fired Chain Bloom. Yeah. And I, I saw someone was like uh th- they put the last 5-year record of him and they're like it's not really all that impressive. Like Aside from the fact that the ownership made Shane Bloom tear down the team and trade Mookie Betts and refuse to extend him, uh, 
And they're like, uh, this, this doesn't look like a guy with good process to me. And, and I looked at it and was like, well, A, are we using record as process? Because let me tell you about the last five years here. <laughs> yeah. um, I got a story for you. <laughs> yeah, but also the guy won. He, he won like 92 games in one season. Like, like, I like how we're tearing him down for being awful when, when his results are better than ours. Yeah. He's like the number three farm system in baseball right now. He's, he's well beyond what we are. And, and Padres fans are so Stockholm syndromed with AJ Preller that, that they're attacking Chain Bloom's record and, and holding up AJ as this pillar of excellence. I, 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 I just can't understand it. It's mind blowing. The city that when they, we were football fans, we're the quickest to turn on management and coaches as the, the blame are for some reason with AJ Preller are under his spell to just defend him no matter what. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand it either. I really don't. The data is all there. There's nine years of data. What are we doing here? He's got to go and all of his people have to go. Well, surely Peter Seidler has addressed the fan base. I'm oh, sure yeah. for, to discuss this, I assume, right? Oh, so that brings you into your... Uh, <laughs> Craig Elston went on Ben and Woods a couple weeks ago, and I thought what he said was excellent. Uh, so good that I, I actually cut the audio, because we're a high-budget uh, podcast here using state-of-the-art technology. This, this isn't known to the people at home, but when things get serious, I bring out the headphones to make this a real studio experience right now. It is a real studio Yeah, Corey experience. and I are wearing real headphones. Real headphones. Cans yeah. is what they call yeah, them in can, the business. Cans is yeah. what they call them in the business. Which, of course, we're in as, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but our, our podcast is available on the Odyssey app. The Shows exact up. same app that the Ben and Woods podcast is available on, making us colleagues. We are colleagues. Yeah. Yes. Media colleagues. Yeah, but we don't answer to Adam. <laughs> no. We answer to Mike D, or whoever replaced Mike D <laughs> at Odyssey headquarters. That <laughs> is uh, okay. Here, here's the clip. It's a little. It's a. It's a little. It's more than a minute, but it's a good clip. Okay. And above all, as a Padres fan, I want to know that this organization is taking this more seriously than we are, as pundits and as fans. And to just throw up your hands and say, "Oh gosh, I guess we were just real unlucky this year," but we've got the team. We just don't know what happened. We can't, we have no idea why it all went wrong. Well, then you're out of your depth if you don't know why it went wrong. If you don't know why you historically, year after year, as an organization, aren't quite on the money, then you need fresh minds that'll have an idea about what went wrong. The first thing I want is not to be gaslit. This has been a bad season. And I want the Padres to stop telling me that it was a series of unfortunate events like you stubbed your toe. Like, no, this has been a bad season. And what he said about a top-to-bottom reassessment. I want to hear that from the very top. I want to hear it from Seidler instead of more mealy-mouth stuff. It, it applies to the Manny thing, too. Because at this point, Seidler's going to get asked about the Manny thing, right? Yeah. And if he comes out and says – what Craig is saying is he doesn't want to be told, hey, it was bad luck. We put the right team together and, and you know, it just didn't work out this year. Similarly, if he gets asked about Manny, I don't think people want to hear, look, he's a leader that we can trust. He's got a, a good track record in the past and there's no reason to doubt Manny. It, just completely ignore what's in the article, right? Yeah. And you can totally see Peter Seidler doing exactly that, right? 
just ignoring the negative and pointing out the positive. That's that's basically been the philosophy of this team since in the entire AJ era. Uh, here's the this was this was the whole basis of what Wayne Partello was doing in marketing for his entire tenure was bearing anything negative and making sure that only positive stories come to light. It goes down for some reason. That's an organizational philosophy that seems to have filtered down from the top all the way down to Bob Scanlon and Jesse Agler, right? Well, uh, Peter basically. I mean, he laughed off the twenty-one season. Yeah, I mean, I mean just oh well, that the possibilities of that ever happening again are zero, zero point zero zero yeah. one, or, or whatever. Yeah, like, you can't laugh that off. That, that was a, that was a major problem. That, that, like that we ended up with you know Vasquez uh, pitching and Arietta pitching because yeah. there was no depth, and like that's a that was a problem. And and he just oh, it was like it just that's an aberration. It'll never happen again. Yeah. Well, guess what? Here we are, and we're in the same situation, basically. Right. And and I can't be told the same thing. You know, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to hear this was just bad luck. N- no fan wants to hear that. Well, and, and you know what today is? Today is the fifteenth, which is, is today the renewal deadline. Today's the renewal deadline. Huh? Interesting. And no one has. And no one has talked. I didn't. I didn't check. Did the Padres provide someone to Friar Fridays this oh, morning well, with well, Braden Suprenant, yeah. the new co-host, the new host of the morning show? I don't. I don't know if he if he even had anybody. I don't know. Hmm. That would have been hilarious if if they had finally provided the show Peter <laughs> Seidler and Braden was doing it. Yeah, <laughs> oh. I would have done that for the bit. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, Partello would have done that. Oh man. Oh. Uh. So so I thought what Craig said was was perfect. Dead on. If you tell Dead us on. that, you're out of ideas. You want to tell us that you're doing a top to bottom assessment and then tell us that nothing's wrong. Go ahead and say that, but I don't think your your customers are gonna going to value that opinion. No. And, and if that's your strategy for defending AJ uh, about why he's keeping his job despite a, a long track record of failure, uh, we're not we're not we're not hearing that anymore. Like you No. You could do you could use that story so many times and they already have, but it's not going to work this year. It will definitely not no. work. If he ever addresses us, who knows. He's going to do I, some back channel not direct interview with someone. Yeah, I'd be, I wonder if it... Look, I'm going to be honest. He's not going to talk to AC now. He should, talk to, he should talk to Darren. Oh. If he really wants to be serious about this and face face the music, if you will, he'd go on Darren. He's gone on Darren before. He's probably gone on Darren more than he's gone on on the team's flagship partner. He ha- he's been in studio with Darren. Yeah. For like an hour. Yeah. I, I, I would love for him to be in studio with Ben and Woods for an hour. Absolutely, but, but Odyssey doesn't seem to be cool about blowing out the clock like that. But the but team's shit, hiding. I would do it. You know, Darren had Kevin AC on on Monday, and I think I, I cut some quotes from it, put it on Twitter. But AC basically, AC said, "Look, the executives are in hiding." And I think he, the way he put it was, "It's weird. In the beginning of the season, they're on the field every day, but uh, of late, no, no, none of them come on the field." And like that's because Gruppner's in his bunker, uh, Sidler's hiding out. They're all hiding out. Is that is that really the face of leadership? Is that the organizational philosophy of this team to duck and run when things get tough? Because it because those kinds of examples are set at the top. Well, that's exactly what they've done. That's what they've done. Interesting. Interesting, isn't huh. it? I wonder if that kind of thing flows down to the bottom, as all organizations do. That sounds like a like a culture issue. Yeah, I have my college <laughs> organizational behavior textbook upstairs. I should I should mail it in. You know what? I'm going to mail it. I have Ron Fowler's office address. I'm going to mail it to him to pass along. 
Hey, when are we going to show up to the office to interview Ron? Oh, we, should, we have to do that, don't we? I love that. Just knock a- <laughs> yeah, just knock. <laughs> Annie Heilbrunn answers the door. <laughs> oh, what do you guys want? <laughs> she works there, right? <laughs> the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> we demand. We demand to talk to Uncle Ron. <laughs> uh Anyways, I thought that Craig Elston clip was excellent. Um, I did too. It's it's, and to me that that's indicative of the problems here. Uh, honestly, hiding out from from the fans, from your customers, that's not, <laughs> you know, like every corporation when they have a scandal, they don't hide out. That makes things worse. Like every PR person in the world knows you 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 need to come up with a narrative. You need to start shaping the narrative, and you need to go in front of people. Right after dropping another price increase on uh, you know uh, your most your most loyal fans, which are your season ticket holders, right? And you've done this three years in a row. Three years in a row. Three years in a row. And bigger and bigger. Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. There's a lot of cuckish fans that are going to renew. Don't worry. I'm I'm sure. They treat it like an addiction. Like like they're being held hostage by the team. I I, I don't know. I I don't don't get it. I don't get it either. Uh, Hey, so Trent Grisham... (laughs) Trick Christian was still terrible. Uh, is he terrible is an understatement at this point, right? He's still 17th in baseball, by the way, in strikeouts. <laughs> I just I had to throw that in. Anyway, uh, I know some of you are not watching all nine innings of the game. You should. <laughs> this is the best time of year to watch. <laughs> because it's incredible. When things are this bad, yeah. this is the height of, of Padres entertainment. Yeah. Well, I, and I'm not going to lie. I float in and out. And when it gets really, really bad, usually I'll go, okay, that's it. I can't fucking watch anymore so. of this. I, I'm going to turn it off. But I'm not going to lie. I think my alcohol consumption has gone up significantly Yo. <laughs> over the past <laughs> month of watching the game. Trust me. I've been at Total Wine a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I walk through the door and everybody goes, Corey! <laughs> How much whiskey do you need this time? <laughs> well, the Padres are playing the uh, the Astros this weekend. So, so if you weren't watching the uh, the Dodgers series, there's a, a particular a particular sequence that I wanted to, that I wanted to bring up because we talk about all the, and there has been a lot of bad luck, obviously, with this team. There there has been, but there have also been just some stupid, stupid fucking baseball. Right, and so I want to highlight one of those. So, to, uh, the game Tuesday night at Dodger Stadium. Waka was pitching for us, and Lynn was pitching for them. So Lynn, in his previous two starts, he had started a game against the, the the Braves. He got knocked out in the fourth inning, gave up seven earned runs. His next start against the Marlins, he got knocked out in the fourth inning, gave up eight earned runs, Okay. Lynn is number one in giving up home runs in all of baseball, and it's not close. He, he's given up 41. The next guy below him has given up 36. Because everyone knows he's throwing a fastball. Yeah, it's just, yeah. So, as I said, gets knocked out in the fourth against the Braves, gets knocked out in the fourth against the Mormons. Here it is, the top of the fourth inning, okay? Juan Soto comes up, hits a double. Manny comes up, hits a single. Sharp single. Xander comes up. Gets a walk. We got the bases loaded. Okay? Nobody out. Grisham steps to the plate. He has, hitting behind him, Matt Batten. After that, Sullivan. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. What's the one pitch Grisham can hit? Is it a fastball? (laughs) Is that what Lance Lynn throws all the time? Is it a fastball? Grish decides to bunt. And bunts directly to Max Muncie at third base. Max picks up the ball, steps on the bag, man, he's out at third. The run scores, which is Soto, 
So now it's four to one. You're down, you're down four runs and you're bunting across one run and yeah. giving up an out. And now you've got and runners on runner first and second. out of scoring position. Exactly. And now you've got Matt Batten coming up, followed by Sullivan. And those, of course, both ended up in outs. Game is now four to one. Dodgers come up. Will Smith hits a three run bomb. Seven to one. Game over. Decisions like that. It wasn't called by the bench, also, just to add. At least listening to Bob Melvin, because he would have he would have taken the bullet had he called a bunt. Yeah. But also, he understands baseball, so he wouldn't have called a bunt. Of course not. Yeah, it was funny because when uh, when he laid down the bunt, Don says, you know, oh, he's, he's bunting or whatever, and you hear Mud in the background, and Mud goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need that audio. I got to pull that audio. <laughs> It's on the MLB app, actually, because when you go through the summary or whatever, the scoring, it's, it's all, yeah, you can, you can hear them audibly sigh in the background. Like, what in the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> Down four runs and you're bunting with the bases loaded, nobody out, and a guy on, on the mound that is absolute dog shit. And then, of course, he coasted the rest of the way, and it was his best outing in a while. But it's it, like those types of decisions that I, I I, I, I mean, it was obviously we're we're ten games back uh, or, or whatever the fuck we're ten games under five hundred, and the, the game doesn't matter. But still, I was furious. I got to hear this. Okay, here we go. Hopefully, Ryan has one grand slam on his resume. Showing bunt with the bases loaded, and he drops it down out at third, and a run scores. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Don sounds disappointed when he says it. It's funny because it's like he, he comes up, bases loaded, nobody out, and Don's like, "Well, you know, Grisham's got so and so home to grand slams." He's he's thinking, "Yeah, let's yeah, tie this, this sucker up." This is it. And Trent's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna butt." Like, <laughs> what do you do with him? I, I, it's a mental thing, right? It, it's like can, he's can. It, this has happened to him before. Last year, where he was so bad that he just started bunting. Yeah, it, it's like a mental block where he he's lost confidence. Right? It, it, I have what a, else? What other explanation? Like what? This is what hitters live for, right? Bases loaded, nobody on the line. You're the run that can take the lead. The guy th- throws nothing but meat. This fat guy on the mound throws nothing but meatballs. He's terrible. Just throws fastballs. The yeah. one, the one pitch you can hit. You're a not, fastball. Yeah, Degrom's not uh, on the mound there. Right? Like <laughs> he's not throwing 104. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not. Uh, uh, the the Giants closer uh, Dubell, you know, it's not someone terrifying. Yeah, 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 and he lays down a bunt. Like it, it's stuff like that that just it's like okay, that's that's not a guy I want on the team, right? No, he's got to go. He's got to go. I, I, I'm just I'm tired of the. And, oh, and look, I was like, oh, his glove, his glove, his glove. I, I don't you care anymore. Luck. I don't care anymore. You have luck. You start looking at some of the situations the Padres have had. The these running and runners in scoring positions that that are leading them to be like one of the worst in history. Once you start looking at what those situations were, there are so many situations like this one that were not bad luck. It was bad execution. It was bad play on the field. That's not bad luck. Stupid decisions, things right. like that. Yeah. That's not bad luck at all. Yeah. That's just being bad. That's being bad. There's a there's a big difference there. That's and yeah. and to whitewash that those failures is just wow, because when you compile them all into, you know, we're 0 and 11 or 0, 0 and 12 in extra innings where this awful record in one run games yeah when you compile it that way into these awful long-term records yeah it starts to look like luck 
But when you really look at on the micro level at what plays led to those one run losses, it becomes pretty clear what the problems are. And it's not <laughs> luck. It's not like, uh, it's not like they're losing games because, uh, a ball doing, you know, like, uh, the game in Houston years ago where Eric Hosmer let the pop-up fall in the infield. Yeah. Okay, that was confusion. You could probably call that misfortune. Uh, you know, a ball that doinks off of uh, Tatis's glove or something, you know? Okay, that's probably bad luck because okay. 99 out of 100 times he's going to make that play. Hits off a base or something like but, that. that. Yeah, that t- hits yeah. off a base. Yeah. That's not what's happening here. No. It's plays like that play in on the micro level yeah. that are leading to games being turned around. Because that inning, I, I, I'll, I'll put it into some calculator, but I'm, I'm willing to guess the expected runs that you're supposed to get are somewhere between two and three from that situation. Oh, okay, yeah. We got one. Like, that's how you lose games. Yes, yeah. And, 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 and knowing... Who's behind you? And, and, and obviously, Batten's been okay with, with his bat and all that, but Sullivan, I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> just, just situational awareness yeah, here. Right. Yeah. It's not there. It's not there at all. And that's not luck. That's no. preparation. That's yeah. preaching a philosophy. That's a lot of things. Like, for all we know, Grisham's tendency to just stand there and take strikes down the middle, <sighs> that could be the organizational philosophy. Maybe the team is telling them, because it seems to be kind of, spreading it's spread throughout the lineup yeah. grisham's by far the worst but oh. you, we saw it with cronenworth we, we see it with with even our you know we see with soto sometimes it's like an, it seems like it's something bigger than just grisham being a dummy yeah oh. and, and being the worst player in the lineup and just being dreadful to watch yeah i mean at, at this point like when i'm watching it's just kind of it's just kind of funny you know because because you have to laugh you know that's what but, i'm that's but, what i'm here yeah, for but yeah right exactly but like when something like that happens like like, that stirs me. Like, yeah. like, like that. I was like, I was, I was, I was so fucking mad about that for like a day. <laughs> just like, what, what about when you heard Dave Roberts after the game, oh. basically saying, you know, we were on the ropes. It looked like we were, we were going to go down. Lynn was really struggling, and then and he called him out by name too. Yeah, he, he just, was like, and then Grisham came up and bunted. Just came up. He was like, and it saved us. Yeah. Just incredible. I don't like seeing Dave Roberts happy. No, I don't That's either. That's the greatest yeah. offense here. The, the, the guys in the Dodgers dugout, when he dropped down that button, must have just been looking at each other going like, these guys are fucking clowns, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> like, they thought that they were going to take the NOS from us. Yeah. And this is, this is the shit that they do. Like, come on. That's just, oh. Uh, but in usual form, we, uh, we won the series, didn't we? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, of course. Well, well, well this is what we've done yeah. all year long. Right, exactly. We, we, yeah. we come up with big series against the Rays, and then and then wait wait till this A's series where we drop two of three to them. We might lose. Didn't they have a seven-game winning streak at one point? Yes, this season? yes. Yeah, and, and we I, still haven't won more than three. I don't know if you listen. Uh, I don't know if you know who Justin Halpern is. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. He's yeah. great. He's from Point Loma, went to San Diego State, played for Tony Gwynn, uh, is a writer for Abbott Elementary. Yes, uh, he went on, uh, what is it? The, the Drew, Drew Maggery. He went on a podcast with, with like the old Deadspin guys. Okay. What's their website called? Detractor? De- Deflector? I don't Defect- know. Something. He went on a podcast. It's good listening. They did a pathetic off between a Mets fan and the, and Justin, the Padres fan. Wait, did they steal that bit from Ben and Woods with the, they did the yeah, pathetic off with, did. Uh, with did Katie, they, with our beloved Katie did Wu? Ben, did they, did Ben, Ben and Woods would never steal a bit. Oh, of course not. Of course not. Yeah, they're innovators, just like yeah. we are. I heard they were thinking of adding shower thoughts onto their show. <laughs> uh, anyways, it was a good, like, top level, if you're not 
from San Diego discussion of how bad the Padres were. But I don't think I'd realized that it wasn't since like like 10 years, 10 years or 15 years since no team has scored, has won more than three in a row. I, I oh. thought this was something that came up like every year, but apparently it's like a long term thing of like years. It's been years since it happened. Oh, and, and it's happening to us. The, the team with the great back of the baseball card stats. I mean, and, and at this point, we're rooting for it, right? Yeah, of yeah, course. yeah. I keep, uh, I keep going. We got to get into another extra innings game. We we have to break this round. Wow, what a, we absolutely. So have if they to win tonight, it. does that bring them to three in a row? No, no, no. They lost Tuesday. Okay, yeah, so. they lost Tuesday. Yeah, so if that they was win, the game. they'd have to sweep the A's. Got to sweep the A's. <laughs> Is it going to happen? There's, I don't know. There's no way they're sweeping <laughs> the A's. Is Rich Hill starting this week? I so he's on waivers. But, but they said but, they were going to keep him. Yeah, but that means that he can... No we, one's going to take no him. No one's taking him. Why would yeah. anyone take him? No one's no, going to No bad team is going to take him because no. he costs money. Yeah, right. Yeah. And no good team is going to take him because he's literally the worst pitcher in baseball. The, the only people that are going to take somebody that's off waivers right now is somebody that is going into the playoffs and that needs... And that thinks that that, that person is going to bolster their team. Like, well, and nobody, nobody past, wants that guy in the their playoff roster team. deadline anyway. Oh, oh, that's like, true. No one oh, is yeah. going to so take Rich point? Hill. Yeah, what is the point? But what killed me was the second half of that, which was uh, if he, if no one claims him, the Padres plan to keep him. <laughs> like, why? What, what possible rationale is there to keep him at this point? I, I guess if everybody has major catastrophic arm injuries and we have to have somebody throw. Do we not have people in AAA? Is there not? I mean, they all I mean, suck. Don't get me wrong. They all suck. Apparently, we don't because we went and, and traded people for this guy who's done no, nothing don't worry, but Jimmy and Choi is in a, he's doing rehab at El Paso, a place where Carlos Asuaje looked like Babe Ruth and is hitting like <laughs> under 200. It's doing horrendously. Uh, look, if we're trying to win four in a row, the way I would do it personally is to make sure Matt Waldron gets a start followed by Pedro Avila. So that's what we've got coming up this weekend is – it's Lugo, Waldron, and uh, and Avila. So it's looking looking good. Looking and now great. Waka's getting beat up. Getting beat up. So it's basically the only time that we really have any shot of winning a game. Obviously, is, is when Snell's on the mound because Snell's been spectacular and was again the other night with the Dodgers. I mean, yeah. I mean that was an impressive outing. Yeah. Really impressive outing. His money. Boris must have been just jerking his dick yeah. watching that thing. That was like he should be watching porn for him. Um, yeah, and last week, I think I said, he's not going to win the Cy Young. Uh, he, he might win the Cy Young after that. You bet, because yeah. that, that is a game that national writers watch. Right, yeah, yeah. And well, in Dodger Stadium, like that's right. that was a, yeah, that was a big deal. Um, but so, obviously, when Snell's on the mound, you've got a real chance of winning. Uh, and then when Lugo's on the mound, you've got a... Eh, okay chance. Oh, okay chance, Like, it, but they've got to get a good lead, because yeah. you've got to turn that over to the bullpen. And then Waka is kind of falling apart now. He's, it seems like he's just getting tired. I, I don't know. Yeah. And then after that, you're Avila's, you're it seems like the luster is coming off of him. Yeah. The teams are figuring him out. There's tape on him. There's scouting reports now. Right. You saw, I, did he pitch against the Dodgers? He pitched against the Dodgers. It seemed like they kind of dismantled him. Yeah, but yeah, that was the first game, Oh, that was right? the comeback game, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, I can't believe, how the fuck did they do that? <laughs> that's what they do. They, they play up to these teams and then play down to all these other teams. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, so it's basically Snell and, and Lugo. Lugo. You've got to, you actually have a chance of winning a game. Although Lugo got, didn't he get pounded a couple starts ago also? It's, who knows? Uh, there's not a lot here. 
Yeah. Well, well, and also, I mean, now... And it should tell you how bad Anderson Espinoza actually is, that he's not getting called that he's not so, getting, Right. So yeah. maybe we should all just shut up about Anderson Espinoza forever. <laughs> well, what about Groom? He set the, the, the strikeout uh, record did, for AAA did he El set Paso. The walk, didn't he set yeah. the walk record also? <laughs> hey, that, isn't that what Snell's doing? <laughs> so Effectively he's, wild. He's basically Blake Snell. I mean, let's, let's face it. The, the, the Groom trade is what got Bloom fired in, in Boston. Do you agree? Trade, yeah, the loss of the AAA leader in strikeouts. How do you recover from yeah, that? How do, yeah, yeah. What do you get back? Eric Hosmer. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, oh. he should have been fired months ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna check. I wonder if there's anyone in Red Sox Twitter, like Red Sox message boards, oh, that, yeah, that yelling actually, about Groom. They must have actually said that, right? Like something about his the strikeouts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look at this. Yeah. It's a strikeout Because once you get a narrative, you, you point out everything possible that would build to your case. Someone must have – because didn't one. El Paso release a big oh, graphic that oh, they created oh, about yeah, the, the yeah. leader of strikeouts? Yeah, with, the, with the number and, and him and like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was great. Yeah. It's kind of it's like uh, – <laughs> you know how they say like 20 loss guys are so rare? Because you have to both be bad – but also good enough that the team gives you enough starts to get 20 losses. Well, yeah, the keeps that, that's sending that's you what, out there. That's what Jay Groom is, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's and, good enough at strikeouts, yeah. but so bad at everything else that he got the chance to lead the league in strikeouts in the first place. And I, I get it. It's El Paso, and all, but come on. Come on. Yeah. But obviously, he's not good enough that they're going to bring him up here. Yeah. Read the team yeah. leaves. Or maybe they will. The team knows he sucks. Maybe they will. Maybe, maybe we'll get maybe he'll get a start against oh, the when when, in when Rich Hill gets claimed off waivers. Yeah. yeah right. Big it, day. I, yeah. Is today the deadline? It might be. No. Big but day today. We have that we have that big series at the end of the season, the last series of the season against the White Sox in Chicago. Two complete fucking disaster yeah. organizations. But what did they do? They actually fired a bunch of people and they're trying to fix it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. How did Tatis do this week? Oh, my God. He hit a home run. He did hit a home run. Solo. He got a couple of singles that both of uh, them should have the been. the glove of yeah, the pitcher? Both of them should have been called errors. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I wonder if Patrick Daly was right. Maybe he was. What a good guy what that Patrick Daly is. What a great Daly. guy that Patrick Daly is. I fucking love Patrick Daly. You know, I'm I, so excited to see him next week. I don't think I get to see him. Oh, that's right. You don't. I've never met yeah. the man. I'd like to meet the man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I get to see him next week. You know, I was thinking, who would be a good fill-in a general manager once AJ gets fired? And the first person I thought of was Patrick Daly. I think that's a great idea. And you know what the first thing he would do is? He would open the curtains. Absolutely. That's customer service. That is something great. greatly lacking from this team. Give the fans what they want. Patrick Daly gets it. He gets it. AJ Preller does not. Make the change now. Ugh, what a great man. Yeah. Hashtag great Team man. Patrick. Yeah. Hashtag I've been waiting for him to de- declare to run for president. Hashtag what is Tatis hiding? <laughs> uh, okay, Corey, let's get to our uh, beloved voicemail segment. We had two celebrities call in this week, if I'm not mistaken. One r- responded to a call that we put out there. Yes, and, and and here's the thing: when we do get voicemails, usually they're from they're from block numbers, private numbers. I have no idea who, who's calling in, right? And so when we play them, that's when we find out who they are. However, I get a notification that we have a voicemail. I take a look, and it has the caller ID on it, and it says Bill Walton. Surely not. Former star, and basketball like, star. I'm like this, it can't be Bill Walton. Bill Walton, can it? And so, obviously, we had asked people, "Hey, if you see our beloved Eric, 
Big, big miserable SD miserable, fan. Yeah, big Miz. Former host of the 5.5 podcast. We're worried about him. We know that he's probably wandering the streets. We've, we've talked about this a length. And so it's, it, Bill called up and apparently he had a sighting. We requested a wellness check last episode. We did. Because we want to know he's alive and well. Please tell us if you've seen him, where you've seen him, how he's doing, you know, that type of thing. And he called in to let us know. What an honor that Bill Walton listens to this podcast. NBA legend. San Diegan. Avid cyclist. Avid cyclist. Yes. All yeah. right. Let's hear it. Okay. I was driving home from work one afternoon. There was a completely naked man lying on his back in the middle of the street at the intersection at Washington Street and Ninth Avenue. He was masturbating. Oh, thank you, Bill, for that wellness. It's so good to know that Eric is not only alive, but still able to maintain an erection. That's very important. Yes. And not only that, very smart of him to give us the geolocation yes. of him. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're in that area of Washington and Ninth downtown, keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for a man masturbating in the street. We also now know Eric's method for masturbating, laying down <laughs> is, is his preference. He's not a chair man. <laughs> So he apparently likes the feel of asphalt on his. <laughs> is that a kink? Is that a? I don't judge. I, you know? I, I don't either. That's that. It's 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 interesting. It's just it's good to know he's alive and well. It blood is. blood pumping. Blood is pumping. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so thank you for that. Thank yeah. You thank for you, that. Bill. Yeah. Thank you, and continue listening. Yeah. We, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, we definitely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get. To, we had two calls this week. Let's get to the second. Hey, bro! It's don't trick a calling in again. Just got back from a night out with the lads, bro. Everybody's been a bit down in the dumps. Broken wrists, tennis elbow. A bunch of phantom injuries, bro. I know what we really had this problem with our blue balls, bro. So there's only one cure for the blue balls, bro. You gotta go get some road beef. So I got a mate who can get us road beef in every city. And we got some road beef for the lads. And everybody feels a bit better. It's not hard to get road beef when you got a handsome rugby squad like we got. The ladies love the ruggers, bro. They've had blue balls ever since that Adrian Morihon, bro, brought his Melanie around. They get one look at that badonkadonk, bro, and they got a little bit of juice out. And speaking of badonkadonks, bro, did you hear what happened to Eric? Big Miz. Mate, he was banned from Instagram. He was leaving naughty comments. On the Latin girls, bro, saying things like, Oh, show us your bum, you sexy senorita. It's disgusting. He's got a family. But that's not all, bro. We know he's got a marijuana problem. It's common knowledge now, bro. I didn't know he'd got so bad. He went to pick up his son the other day from preschool, but he got there early. And then when the big bugger finally came out, he said, Hey, bro, get in the driver's seat. You gotta go drive. I've been around the corner at the dispensary getting blasted on the Caminos and the Brownies, bro. I think he might be homeless now, guys. I saw him the other day. I got out of a game and I heard a song being played. I followed the music and it was Slam Diego, Slam Diego. And I saw, and it was Eric singing it, bro. Now, I've never met Eric in person, but I've seen his profile picture on Twitter, bro. And it looks pretty close enough to me. So if you hear from him, bro, tell me. Let us know. We're dead concerned about him. We've been praying for him. 
Mate, this might be the last call for a while. AJ doesn't like me calling in, revealing the secrets. So, if that's it, just want to let you know. I love your show, bro. And I'll talk to you sometime soon. Take care. I <laughs> uh, uh, love to hear from Padre's director of player health, Don Tricker, here. Uh, hey, more wellness checks, though. It's good to know where Eric's alive still. Oh, my God. <coughs> oh. Uh, actual tears. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad the boys let some juice out. That's what they needed. Sexy senoritas. The way he says big me's. Kills me. <laughs> oh, so thank you as always to Don. It sounds like Don's in. not going to call again. Oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I it sounds he like he's, he's getting some heat. Yeah. from Preller. Man, <laughs> I hope it, when AJ gets fired, they keep Don around. We're all Team Tricker now. <laughs> team Tricker. I oh. like these innovative methods he's using. Like a lot of people use MRIs and uh, and CAT scans and stuff, X rays. Don Tricker just uses medical stuff. He just uses road beef. (laughs) He takes the boy to the pub. (laughs) Oh, the tennis elbow. Uh, Well, as always, we always appreciate our voicemails, our our loyal listeners calling in to to contribute to the show on this innovative new segment. And you don't need to be a celebrity to call. I mean, yeah, uh, we'll take regular people calls. I don't think we've sent out the the number in weeks, probably. Yeah, you should should probably do that. that. Yeah, Yeah, but maybe. Anyways, wow. Bill Walton and Don Trigger Trigger in the same week. It's amazing. (laughs) It's great to know the the lengths that our our fans go to to support the show. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Oh. All right, Corey. Well, oh. are you looking forward to a coach show midday today discussing this Manny Machado article? It'll certainly be full of uh, well-reasoned and uh, and intelligent Whoa. callers. Wow. Certainly under the age of 80. I, I'd give Kevin and Chula Vista calling in every hour. I, well, the morning show already let him on, so. Oh. See what happens when mm. Woods leaves? Hmm. Get your ass back to San Diego. I know you love Chicago. Get back here. Yeah, it's falling apart. We need you. Where's that Ben Higgins? Are you excited? Know. Are you excited for games next week? What for? For Padres game? Our games? <laughs> yeah, of course. I'll be in the uh, in the Premier Club or the uh, the Lexus Club. I Damn right. Yes. I don't know how those tickets happen, but. Just wanted to reiterate what a nice man Patrick Daly is, He's you know, best. in a completely unrelated Completely thing, unrelated <laughs> from that. He's a great, great man. Yeah. Great man. Oh, and I, I have to give a quick uh, shout out to Josh Cox, who is also a wonderful, wonderful human being. I don't... Oh, the runner. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did you know he was in The Bachelorette? No. I did not know that. Apparently he was like on season three or something like that. Huh. Yeah, look it up. Yeah, you should see his profile on it. Is it's that like, who he's married to a, now? A, no. Oh, he didn't win. No, he didn't yeah, win. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he probably didn't win because she was like, so who's your favorite baseball team? That, that, probably, that probably killed him right Yeah, there. I'm not ready to declare Josh Cox a great man yet, oh, but there are certainly ways that that could happen. <laughs> I just wanted to leave that out there. If Josh Cox would like to sway my opinion of him and declare him a great man and possibly a presidential candidate, I'm willing to hear that as a possibility. Yes. As always, we're, I'm, 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 I'm willing to listen to these opportunities. Say, that face is very presidential. 
Like that yeah, he, that oh, jawline. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. And when he's got the mustache going, yeah, love that. Yeah. Oh, the thigh tickler is what uh, Don Tricker would call that, right? Yeah, who else has one? Oh, that guy with the giant hog, Mark Wilkins. <laughs> Mark Wilkins. Oh, my God. I just saw Mark Wilkins last night. Did you? Oh, yeah. Well, we were at uh, Lost Abbey and uh, watching a little uh, football and hanging out. Well, it was Sam, Nick, and uh, Mark comes walking in, that imposing, what is he, like six, six eight ten? or something? As we said, proportional. Huge. The amazing beard that yeah. goes down into his chest hair. I already need oh. a special chair that has uh, like an indentation right at the front of it to allow for his anatomy. He to... just did two stools is what he did. He okay. sat on the one and then Created put the one in gap. front of him. Yeah, Exa- yeah exactly. Okay. Just laid it on that. Yeah, I've heard yeah. normal chairs aren't comfortable for him no. for that reason. No, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, love huh. you, Mark. Yeah. If only some, there might be some ladies out there that might be interested in loving that Mark also. Possibly. Who knows? He's single. I don't know. Yeah. Check him out on Twitter. Mark, is it Mark F. Wilkins? Is that what I it believe is? so. Read yeah. his stuff on Mad Friars. Too. The F is for fuck beast. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that as well. <laughs> well, we've said it all. We've said it all, Corey. <laughs> uh, another great episode of the Intelligence <laughs> Podcast brought to you completely ad-free and free, unlike the other guys. Unlike them. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we've done a good job here. We did the best we could with a rambling AC article. Oh, let's close on this. There's a paragraph in the AC article. Can you, let's play a game of, can you tell me what he's trying to say? (laughs) Is this English? Okay, are you ready? Yes. According to several veterans, what also does not exist is a team with a quote-unquote winning culture that doesn't include the best players being the hardest workers and those players demonstrating in word and deed to the rest of the team what is expected and tolerated. Is it English? Is it? Is that what a journalism professor would like? I just, I just thought of a great segment. You know what we could do? We could take AC paragraphs, and we could take chunks of Mark Sweeney talking in the in the pregame (laughs) show. We could say (laughs) AC or Sweeney. That's a good job. That's a good bit. I love bits. I love bits. All right. (laughs) Stay tuned, folks, for some more completely (laughs) free bits. That'll probably get stolen by the that morning show fellow. <laughs> probably. Uh, Disgusting. Uh, okay, well, again, for the Quintelligence Podcast, go Padres. Go Padres. Go Padres.